What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and with me, as always, on the other end of the line is my co-host, Curtis. And guys, I'm going to be completely upfront with you. I have... Curtis, I don't want to speak for you, man, but I have no interest in doing today's show and reliving that horror show from yesterday. I really don't. But uh, we did not want to leave those of you who look forward to our show, kind of getting you through your commute or workout or wherever it might be that you listen to the show. Uh, We didn't want to leave you guys hanging, so here we are. Uh, And it is an appropriately... Curtis, I don't know how it is down there where you are, man, but here in Athens, it is an appropriately dark, dreary, and just flat-out miserable day outside. and after what we saw yesterday, that's uh, it's pretty fitting. So we'll do our best to make sense of yesterday's dispiriting beatdown. That's all on thing we can say. It was a beatdown. But first, just a couple quick things. Uh, if you're new to the show, you guys can check us out on Twitter, at Glory underscore UGA. You can also email us uh, to the address gloryujpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on a bunch of different podcasting platforms out there. Hopefully one of those Works for you guys. We've got iTunes, SoundCloud, the Stitcher and TuneIn apps. You can find us also on dogsportsradio.com, the Dog Sports Radio internet app. Uh, so, yeah, check out check us out one of those places, and hopefully it'll work out for you guys. But let's go ahead and get into this show, Kurt Hanks. It's going to hurt. It's going to be painful, but maybe it could be cathartic as well to talk about it. I don't know. But let's get into this, man. All right. Now, Kurt, obviously – Outside of that first drive, there was very little in the way of anything positive to take away from this game. But we were at least in the game for most of the first half. You know, we hold we hold them to field goals. They were moving the ball, but we were able to hold them to field goals when, when they got close to the goal line on there. But in your mind, where did this game get away from us? What was the point where it was just like, nope, it's done? Um, I mean, I honestly felt like it was done when we missed on that big play opportunity, but I knew the game was completely over when uh, Nicole dropped that punt because that was that was what broke the camels back right there. They scored on that 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 what three four plays yeah. later, and that that was that was the end yeah. of the game, right? Go up twenty three seven, go up yeah, three that, scores. That's when the game ended because I mean. You know, we had opportunities before them, but once they went up for that point, you, the wheels just fell off. Uh, and I'm going to take it – I, I agree with you. Uh, I'm going to take it a step further. I think it was the sequence. It was that last possession of the first half and then that first possession of the second half. So last possession of the first half, obviously, we, we force a punt. Uh, Miko gets a nice return. Which he, he had a couple – he was just a step away from breaking a couple of those kick returns, man. But I don't know if it would make much of a difference. But we get that punt return. We're set up there to at least get a field goal opportunity. We missed the field goal, uh, so that would have put it at sixteen ten. We're within we're within striking distance. We're, we're already within striking distance, but we're within a touchdown of taking the lead. Uh, come out in the second half, we get a stop. We we knew we had to get a stop. We get that stop, and then like you said, once we get the stop, Miko muffs the punt. They recover it. They capitalize on it. Go up twenty three seven, three score lead, and uh, I mean that was it. That was it, man. And we were completely sick. At that point, we were completely taken out of our game plan. Not that we were having any success running the football at all anyway, but when you're down by nine points, you can still you basically have access to everything in your game. You still try to run the football, you got plenty of time. When you're down three scores like that on the road, all of a sudden it takes you out of what you wanted to do coming into the game. Not that Again, not that it was really working all that well in the first place, but uh, it hurts, man. So I, I think that sequence right there was where it all just – it was done after that. And we, I know we I – I guess you could say we kept fighting, trying, but – just um, wasn't going to be our day after that. There's no doubt about it. Not that it was our day at all at any point, but that was clearly it. Uh, I do want to talk about that sequence real quick right before the half. You know, So we get the stop. We got Miko, uh, it's a nice punt return. We got, we got 30-something seconds there. I forget the exact number there, but 30-ish seconds. No timeouts. Uh, Kirby, we, we choose to run the football there. And then we get, and then we spike it real quick. Have a field goal opportunity. Forty was a forty-one, forty-two yard field goal opportunity there, yeah. and we miss it. Do you have any issues with Kirby Smart choosing and Jim Cheney? I guess, but I think Kirby's the the final decision maker there, choosing to run the football and not taking a shot at the end zone. Um, you know, I mean, I didn't understand it, but at the same time, you know, I mean, I was angry. I said maybe you no, know, take a shot, try to get closer. But at the same time, I understand it because we hadn't been moving the ball, we hadn't been protecting the quarterback. It was a very, very makeable field goal, and like, and like, what happened? All he has to do, he makes that field goal, and we get the we get a stop in the first drive. It's um, momentum. It's momentum. It's it, all momentum. Yeah. Then it's a six point game. I mean, it's a very doable. That's very doable. And that's the thing. I mean, he was. He, I mean, 
you can be mad. I mean, it would have been nice to take some shots at the end zone. But we were also, it's not like we just sat on the ball and didn't even try to score, get points. We know we had an opportunity, a very easy, makeable field goal. That well, no matter what we did, we were we were already in field goal range. I guess the question yeah, so is that's the thing. I mean, I would have been even more angry if we were at our forty or something, where you know, take a, take a couple shots to get in field goal range. But no, we were in field goal range. I mean, it would have been nice to have a touchdown, but just points in general was what we needed. I I have to admit, man, I I personally I would have taken a couple shots there. You, you got three shots in the end zone. I. Why do you think we chose to not do that? Is it just because we wanted points? Like, what was what was? If you're Kirby Smart, what's going through your head to make the decision to try to run the football there first, and I then say, spike? I think it, it was really the play of the offensive line and the quarterback going into that situation. I think I think it's a, I do I think it's a combination of those things. I think number one, the offensive line was getting they, they were just they couldn't handle Jeff Holland really anybody on that defensive front all game long. They got dominated up front, and Fromm was for, running for his life for a good part of that game. Um, yeah, I, I think that was a part of it. Just little uncharacteristically holding the ball a little bit long too. There were, yeah, no, yeah, there, he wasn't completely without fault there. There were a couple of moments in the game, a couple of situations where he got he got lit up, and part of that was him holding the ball too long. Uh, but that also goes part of time, part of the issue was receivers not being able to get opening off the press coverage. They were not some they were not consistently getting off that press coverage. Auburn did a really good job there defending us, uh, I, which I was surprised that their that their DBs had so much success keeping our receivers kind of clamped down for the most part, other than Javon Wims who had a Really good game, man. He played really well, um, but yeah, he did he did hold the ball a little too long there at times. But I think Kirby was concerned the combination there of just being able to protect him and also him making good decisions. My initial reaction, and I think I tweeted this out, was he did like if you don't trust Jake Fromm in that situation to try to just get some to take a couple shots in the end zone, then I don't know why you have him out there if you don't trust in that situation. But I, I do under I mean I totally agree that yes, it was probably largely based on the offensive line, and, and Kirby said this after the game in the press conference, like you know. If those guys know that – if Auburn knows that you're going to pass the football, those passers are going to get after you. They are very good, and it's hard to hold them yeah. hold them off the, I mean, off the quarterback. Like you said, like, they know we're going to pass the ball. And if that's the case, and even if it is a quick set, I mean, we have shown that times – even in this game, we couldn't even run the quick underneath out quick routes because they were sitting on those. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there was just a chance that – I mean, especially with a freshman quarterback that, I mean, I know you're saying we should have more faith, but at the time, you just don't know what's going to happen. And it's it's better to be safe and, and, you know, kick a field goal than it is to possibly have the possibility of a sack and then you're out of field goal range. That's, and that's fair. Uh, that is fair. Uh, but Here's the one thing I do question about the play call. Yeah. If we knew we were going to kick a field goal. Just line it up. Yeah, why did we go to the left and try, instead of trying to make it a straight-on field goal? That was the only yeah. thing I questioned. And look, I'm, I'm, that's a great point. And I, I'm normally somebody who defers the coaching staff because, look, they do this for a living, guys. They live and breathe this stuff. They know they have a lot more information that they're going off of in every play call than, than we could possibly imagine. So I typically defer to them, and I do not like to second-guess individual play calls. But in this situation, I just I, – I get that they have, they have great pass rushers. I get that we have, we're having a tough time protecting them. I get that we have a true freshman quarterback. I get all of that. But I don't know how it hurts you to have your quarterback take a, a quick three-step drop and throw a fade to the end zone. And if, the, if, the, if you don't think the fade's there, you throw it into the stands. I, I don't see what there is to lose in that scenario. Here's my one thing, though, I do want to interject. Even with all that, that that didn't lose us the game. No, clearly. Well, it, that was not – but it, could, it, it completely could have changed the complexion of the game. I I, we, well, I mean, we probably still don't win. The game if we make the field goal. I mean, right. the fact is we need a point. Okay, so fair. It wasn't the play call in general that lost us the game. I mean, it was the inability to get the points. That's that, that's that's another fair point. I just I think if 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 you and look, chances of us scoring a touchdown on that drive are, are very slim. But I, I think it was worth taking a shot because if you if you get the touchdown there, it's sixteen fourteen. Yes, you want point. You definitely want points there. So sixteen ten. That still gives you a little momentum going into the into the half, but if you can get to sixteen fourteen, you get a stop like we did to open the second half. And all of a sudden, now the momentum is swinging back in our favor potentially, and we don't know how it could have played. I mean, we probably still would have ended up losing this game because we just got flat dominated on the line of scrimmage, both lines of scrimmage. So maybe it wouldn't have made that big of a difference. But if you're looking at that particular play call, I, and even Kirby said after the game, he was asked in the press conference, he said, "If I had to do it over again, I'd throw the ball. That was the wrong decision. If I had to do it all over again, I would have thrown it." Um, but you can't second guess yourself like that. I mean, the, the call was what was was what it was. Uh, I probably would have taken a quick three step drop and thrown a fade if it wasn't there. Throw it, tell Fromm to just chuck it into the stands. But you know, I I, I can't fault us for at least just trying to get points there because if we get points there, you're right, we're in at least a solid position. But then we come out and get the stop in the second half. Miko fumbles, and that was essentially all she wrote. But um, 
Let's go on a couple other things here. Like when you lose like that, in my opinion, man, in my opinion, it is a total team failure. It's not on any one person or any one coach, any one call, like you were just mentioning. It's a total team failure. And there were a lot of reasons we lost this game. So, Kurt, let's try to run through some of those. We talked about a couple of those already, but let's try to run through a couple more. And I'm just going to let you start us off there, man, in terms of explaining what went wrong. Where do you want to start with that? Um, I really want to stop, start with just the um, lack of discipline and the sloppiness we played. It was unbelievable, <laughs> man. It was unbelievable. I mean, you know, I, I haven't seen it all I'll, year. I'll, I'll, Not I'll, like that. I'll use it, I'll use it to, to, you know, I'll jump on this person later also. But, I mean, DeAndre Walker. Unexcusable. I mean, situate things like that. Every well, yeah. I, I'm are talking about the penalty or the or him on the edge. The penalty. Yeah. God. Don't even. Yeah. My God. Man. That was a seven point swing. Mm, yeah. Does. I mean, I it, just the, the penalties we had. Malcolm Pierce. Why is he hitting that guy out of bounds? I know. It, it, it's un. It was uncharacteristic things that we have not done all year. Leaping. Like what? 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 When have we done that? All, like when does that happen all year? It, hitting guys out of bounds like that? It wasn't even close. Like people in the stands in the George section, like, oh, that was a terrible call. I'm like, dude, I mean, we even close. Like three it like wasn't three even close. It was bounds. clearly, it was clearly a late hit. Some guys like, who, who was, who was launching fresh yards? My dude, the dude's walking out of bounds, man. Like it, it, just dumb stuff, jumping off sides. The kick yeah, catch Julian interference. Right over the center jumps off sides. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the kick catch interference, like. What are we doing? We've not done that all year long. I, I, do you give credit? Like, what is that? How do you explain that? How do you explain that I just happening one game like the that? The team was just completely just lack of discipline by the players themselves. I mean, you can try to blame the coaching, but the, the, like you said, we have not made those mistakes this entire year, and then they come out and do it. I, I just I, I want to have an explanation for why it happens. Like when a team has not done that all year, why in but one particular say, game is it all unraveled? Most of these kids that made these mistakes are kids that can't consistently stay on the field, and you wonder why. We even had uh, we even leaders. We even had Sony Michelle, who is one of the biggest team leaders that we have, getting a personal foul call, giving them a short, an even shorter I don't, I don't, I don't field. Hate that. I don't hate that personal foul. I, mean, I don't necessarily much, hate it, but you, if you're the, the leader, ones, as much as the other, well, not ones, as much as the other ones, but we can't have that stuff. When when you're when you're at a dolphin and you're down like that, you can't give him an even shorter field than that. Not when you're a leader on the team, you can't do that. So I don't I don't know, man. It just so, yeah, the sloppiness was just I I don't know where it came from. It's so uncharacteristic. I mean those. I mean that and all the missed tackles. Yeah, I mean you, you mentioned I mean, Julian had how many? He had what? Stidham or no? He had Kieran Johnson in the backfield. Oh I mean, my god! Wrapping them up and just. But I also think there was other. I know the the missed tackles were un, unexcusable, but it was also that goes towards the offense too of not sustaining anything to our defensive guys are just dead. Well, a part of that was because we got they got out to it when they went up twenty three seven. Then we were completely taken out of our game. We, we essentially, for all intents and purposes, couldn't afford to run the football. We weren't having success running the football anyway. But we just simply were out of our game plan, and they knew that, and they're pinning their ears back, and they were just killing us. But I mean, like, going back to that leaping play, I just want to make one more point here. Like you brought that up with DeAndre Walker. I mean, at that point, it's nine seven, right? It's nine yeah. seven. We get a stop, right? We get a stop. We have a chance to come down there and take the lead again. It's all good. But the freaking stupid leaping penalty leads to a touchdown, makes it 16-7. That is a massive turning point in that game. That right there, and then, like I said, the sequence, at the end of the half, missing the field goal, and then getting the stop of Miko muffing it. It's, that's all she wrote, man. That's all she wrote. When you're on the road in a hostile environment, that's, that's all she wrote, dude. That's all she wrote. I, I do want to give Auburn credit, though, man. Like they Here's here's how I view it. Tell me if you disagree. You know... Yeah, I mean, tell me if you disagree. Like, I want to give Auburn credit. They dominated us on both lines of scrimmage. That's why we lost the game, because we got dominated on the offensive line of scrimmage and the defense line of scrimmage. But saying that, we still, we would have lost. Okay, I think we're going to lose no matter, even if we kick that field goal, if we get a touchdown for the half, we probably would have lost the game because we got dominated on the line of scrimmage. But we got blown out because of those penalties and dumb mistakes. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, I think it would have been a, a, a lot closer. Yeah, it, did, it, did, it didn't have to be a 23-point game. It didn't have to be a 30-point game at one point. They probably would have beaten us, right? Because they would, I mean, they, when you get dominant line of scrimmage like that, you're not going to win many football games in this conference. But they, I don't think they would have blown us out if it was not for us doing stupid things that we have not done all your penalties, dumb mistakes, missed opportunities, d- poor special teams. Play. I mean, our special teams play was atrocious outside of Miko having some nice returns. And that has been a strength of this football team all year long. 
it was almost like that perfect storm. It's just it's it's really hard to kind of wrap your head around how everything that's been going so well that we've that we've, that we've done so well all throughout the season all of a sudden just came crashing down in one game. Like I, and some of it, yes, Auburn forced us into some of that because they, like I said, they were dominating the line of scrimmage. But they didn't force us to do a stupid leaping penalty. They didn't force us to miss a wide-open touchdown pass. They didn't force to hit guys out of bounds. They didn't force us to do any of those. That was on us. They didn't force us to miss a field goal. That was on us. So that's why we got blown out. And that's, and that's something that, that, that we got to live with right now. We, and that could very well potentially cost us a playoff spot getting blown out that bad. It's not losing. Losing doesn't necessarily kill you. But when you get blown out like that, that mm, that leaves a mark. That leaves a mark, and we're going to have a lot of re- redeeming to do here if we want to get back in. The, in my opinion, if we want to get back in that playoff pitch. All right, but what else went wrong? I mean, there, there's so much to go around here. What else did you see? Um, I mean, you know, the biggest thing, like you mentioned, was just the, the, the line of scrimmage. They dominated us. Were you expecting that? Um, not to the not to how bad it was. Not to that degree. And then, I mean, you know, also one thing that really killed us was our linebacker play. It was, oh, man, bro, Reggie Carter at the start. I mean, I was watching, I mean, not only did we not hold the edge, but the inside linebackers, I mean, Roquan was trying to do it all. There was play almost probably 60% of the time Reggie Carter was on the ground just getting pancaked by offensive line. I, I saw him get, I, I will mention, I mean, I love, I, Reggie is a good dude. He got pancaked multiple times. And that's that was and that's watching it live, right up the middle. And even yeah. those little those little bubble screens to the sides, they're going to the side where he was. He couldn't get he there. Couldn't get off blocks. He couldn't get there. He couldn't get there, and he couldn't get off the blocks. And it was just, ah uh, man. And Natrez played. He didn't start. I think. I mean, would you say that Reggie played more than Natrez? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, he definitely played more than Natrez did. And I guess that's part of you know maybe it's the rust factor. Maybe he's trying to make a point with Natrez. But I'm sorry, man. This kind of game with playoffs on the line. You gotta have better players in there. He, he, did, he didn't play great. He, he's he's a better option than Reggie Carter. He yeah, just Reggie is. was on the ground. I mean, he was just it was it was this this is why we lost to teams like Tech and stuff last year because of what Reggie does against the run. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I wasn't altogether surprised that their defensive front dominated our offensive front. That wasn't altogether surprising to me because this is the they were like we said in the previous show they were the number four S and P rushing defense coming in, coming into this game. Uh, and we, we've we've had a lot of success running the football. We were 14th S and P plus rushing, but let's be real. Have coming into this game, had we played a truly dominant or even borderline dominant front seven like Auburn has? No, we had not. You can say maybe Florida's Florida has a good front seven. They don't have a great front seven or a borderline dominant front seven. They don't have that. No one on our schedule has, and that's the thing with our. With, this is one of my concerns. I've been. I, I felt this, but I didn't want to voice it. I know it's easy to say now, but when things are going well, you don't want to voice these things. But I had this kind of voice in the back of my head. It's like, you know what? We've, we've been able to run the ball really well this year. It's great. Our offensive line made huge strides. But are we good enough? I just had this question in my mind. Are we good enough when we face an Auburn, when we face an Alabama? Are we going to be able to run the football against teams that have borderline or dominant defensive fronts? And we, we, we kind of voiced that. We, we, we were saying at some point we're going to face a team that's going to be able to slow down our rushing attack, and we're going to have to answer the question of can we beat teams? Can, is Jake Fromm ready to beat teams throwing the ball when we have to, when they, when they slow down our running game? We've talked about that multiple times, right? It's, it was going to happen. And we kept wondering, okay, was it going to happen against Florida? Was it going to happen against South Carolina? Was it going to happen against Auburn? Well, it happened, all right? It finally happened. And I guess at least for one game we got our answer. Can we throw the football to win if we have to? It didn't seem like no. it on Saturday. I mean, not no, right. Not at all. I mean, they did what I've said teams were going to do against from, and they they took away the intermediate. Well, this, I mean, here's I mean, one of the mistakes South Carolina made. I, I I haven't under yeah, you're right, and I haven't understood why more teams haven't done this. They're, like think about South Carolina last week. They played what like ten yards off of us the majority yes, of the first half. Was in our grill. It, it and I can under and I I very much respect Will Muschamp as a defensive coordinator. And, or as, as a defensive mind, he's the head coach now, but as a, as a defensive mind, I could not for the life of me understand why he was having his receive, having his DBs play 10 yards off our receivers like that and giving us the quick hitches, just absolutely giving us that stuff. Well, Auburn said, we're not going to give George that. If they're going to beat us, they're going to they're gonna have to take deep shots and hit them consistently. And we hit a couple of them, but we didn't hit them consistently enough. And then once they get out to the big lead, then we got to throw a little bit more consistently, and they know that. They can pin their ears back. You have to pass a little bit more, and our offensive line got exposed there because, I mean, any offensive line, would against that against that front and that those pass rushers, when you're putting obvious passing situations, you, you're not going to have much of a chance, especially a true freshman like Andrew Thomas. I mean, that, that first big sack, he just got absolutely – he got beat by 
Jeff Holland. And Jeff, and that's and that's nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, when it's a third loss situation, Jeff Holland's the best pass rusher in the league. I, I mean, you got a true freshman out there. I mean, that's not that's not a winning situation to be in. It's just simply not. What do you what do you make of the way Jake Fromm played overall? Now that we mentioned him a little bit. Um, the one thing I want to say that I find humorous in the Georgia fan base right now is that oh, it's not Jake Fromm's fault. You know, it, none of the blame should be on him for yesterday. But no one was willing to you know give this kind of give that excuse to make that excuse for Jacob Eason when what we saw yesterday was what he saw his entire freshman season. I will say I I had some very uh, I had some flashbacks to last year. It, the offensively it looked a lot like last year, right? Couldn't run the ball. Yeah, and you can't I mean, run the it, ball. It, you it can't was protect. Exactly what happened last year? I mean, um, you know, but and, and this is exactly what we faced last year. Offense line was getting beat. Receivers weren't getting separation. We couldn't run. But then last year it was all Easton's fault. This year, you know, you talking to seventy five percent of the Georgia fan base. Oh, it wasn't from it wasn't Fromm's fault. I'll, I'll say this: I don't think Fromm lost us the game, but he well, didn't I mean, play I'm well. Just saying, though, it, it, it is quite humorous, though. I mean, how yeah, it's ironic. It's ironic. Lose the game, the irony. But everyone wants to blame Easton for last year, yeah. and that's a complete difference in this year and last year. Is that Fromm's the quarterback? That if we had it last year, we would have been so much better. The irony is strong, there, my friend. It is. It is iron. Yeah, I mean, and that's the one thing that really just frustrates me with everyone that wants to be the, so quick to protect him. When where was that last year? Yeah, I turned to my wife in the stands last last night, and I was like, "This looks a lot like last year." I mean, seriously, we we couldn't run the ball because offensive line couldn't get any movement, and then we're in a situation where it's always third long and. And then you, our line can't protect anybody. Quarterbacks run for his life. He has to get rid of the ball quickly. Receivers can't get off press coverage. A lot like last year offensively. And the performance of the quarterback was a lot like what we saw at times last year. Yeah, so, I mean, and, and also going into his play, I mean, I said earlier he was holding on to the ball he a was. lot. I mean, even on that se- on his second pass where he hit Terry wide open um, to get the big gain in the first drive, Terry was open for a long time. It took him a while to get the ball to Terry. Um, yeah. Terry was coming across the middle for a long time wide open. And then later, I think it's still in the first half, the one where he almost got Riley Ridley killed across the middle, throws it behind him, and Ridley gets, you know, destroyed by the defender. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely did not play. He didn't play very well. He didn't play I mean, well. Just like he didn't. The, I mean, there was times where we had receivers wide open, and he, we were going to the short checkoffs. And that was also frustrating because the guys weren't even getting to the – I mean, we were throwing the ball. And even if they catch it, there's no first down. Yeah, he, he did not have his best game. I mean – but I don't want to kill from like we, like a lot of people killed Easton last year because I and I, you and I both said that it was not like we defended Easton constantly last year because I mean a lot of, now he, Easton wasn't perfect he made a lot of mistakes last year he missed open guys uh, but but, I mean, but that's exactly what we saw Saturday exactly was, right uh, misses a wide open uh, Ridley for a touchdown yeah I, I tweeted it out I mean I I said right after that happened I said when you get opportunities in a game like this on the road you have to hit those opportunities because you're not going to get many of them and he, and, and and he it was. Like we, it wasn't the You're worst throw in the world, but you got to put it on him. you got to hit him in stride. I mean, and that's the thing. He, he, throw, it, throw it super deep and let him run over it. Put some air on it. I mean, that's one of the best things he's done as a quarterback this year compared to what Easton did. He, he usually puts some air under the ball. There wasn't air under the ball where he could allow the guy to run under it and go. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and that's the one thing, too, you know, we've talked about in the past. You know, it is it's interesting because – if it's if it's Easton that throws that, I mean, God, these fan bases would be ripping him apart for missing an open receiver. I will, yeah, well, last year they absolutely were. I will say, I will say that Eason missed more guys. Well, he's yeah, more consistent missing game, guys like in a that. Big game, you saw what the difference is. Yeah, I mean, he's Fromm's got to hit that throw. He, and the thing is, he's hit it. He's hit those throws all year long. He just didn't hit it. He didn't hit it when it counted yesterday. And you got to hit that throw. There's when you're on the road, you're getting that team's best shot because you're the number one team in the country, and they are a very good football team. That team is a very good football team. And we'll get to them a little bit later here in terms of what might happen for them down the stretch. But you simply when that when that opportunity presents, presents itself, when the defender falls down, right? You have a walk in touchdown. You have to hit that on the road. You have to because you're just not going to get a ton of opportunities. And if you hit that throw, who knows how that? I mean, that could have changed the, the entire complexion of the game as well. Those are missed opportunities, dumb, stupid penalties, just uncharacteristic play all the way and, around. Yeah, holding on to the ball, I mean, like you said earlier, some of those sacks, especially the one where he, um, you know, we, I, I think it was on the second down play after we got like five, six yards on the first down play, he takes that and he gets hit hard and fumbles the ball and then we have to get it in his third and deep again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he didn't, he did not play his best game. And I, and, but we and have like to understand. Said, though, he's, it was, it was, it was just a, a countdown clock until he looked like a freshman. Yeah, I mean, it, it was gonna happen. I mean, we've been saying that too. At some point, he's gonna look like a true freshman. It happened. It just happened to be he looked like a true freshman in the game with our running game. Game also got slowed down by a very good Auburn front seven. 
And, but we have to understand, guys, that he is a true freshman, and he's been very good. He's been largely been very good for us this year. And just like last year, we need to understand that Jake Jacob Eason was a true freshman, and a lot of people were killing him last year. I mean, that was largely because we were also losing games when he was making mistakes. We've been winning games right now, uh, but we I, 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 Fromm did not play well. But I just don't want to kill him, right? Because you know, all you and I were both upset about how Eason got killed last year, right? Yeah, but I, and that's the thing. But we also gotta. Uh, you gotta be fair. I mean, to realize it. I sure. Mean, that's the biggest thing. Is there's no sugarcoating in saying that it wasn't his fault. No, I, I agree with you. I agree. With you. He 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 played a part in this uh, in this loss, just like a lot of other people played a part in this loss. I mean, from he he didn't he didn't put the team on his back. Well, we we needed we needed to be able to go through down the field and pick up some first downs, and we just we the couldn't one, do it. The one person to me that's getting a lot of blame, which is kind of interesting, is Jim Chaney. I mean, to me, what you saw from him on Saturday was what he was faced with last year. What is he – I mean, for a majority of the time, what is he going to call when the offensive line is getting dominated? Well, we have the zero run game. Receivers are getting no separation. They were – you can say, well, why are we getting – you know, doing the quick routes and stuff. They were sitting on that defensively, and then, you know – that we had a chance to maybe go deep a couple times, but then our offensive line couldn't block long enough. I agree with that for the most part. Here's the one thing, and this is something I've been I've been kind of harping on the past couple weeks, and no one's been listening because we've we've, we've still been winning games. So I sound like a broken record just saying it over and over, and everyone's like, "Shut up, we're winning." But we have got to throw the ball more on on first and second down. We cannot like this. Run the ball, run the ball on first and second down. Throw the ball on third and long. When, when you're Going against a, t- a team like Auburn that can slow down your running game and you're consistently put into third and eight, third and nine situations, you're not you're not going to win those situations. Third and nine, we're not going to consistently win that. We, we got lucky on that throw to Wims in that first drive that we ended up going to score a touchdown there. But after that first drive, we had we had eleven. I mean, from based on my count, again, I suck at math and counting and things, but I went back and did the math. We had eleven first and second down opportunities. The rest of that half, we ran the ball on nine of those eleven times. That's eighty-two percent of the time. If uh, if a defense like Auburn, who has as good a players as they have up front, knows that we're going to run the football eighty-two percent of the time on first and second downs, we're going to have no chance to be successful running the football. And then if we have no chance to be successful running the football, and that's what we're doing on first and second down, then you're consistently going to be in third long situations. And with a true freshman quarterback go. With a with an offensive line that's played good for the most part, but isn't equipped to handle that kind of pass rush when it's third and obvious that we're going to be passing, and they pin their ears back, that's a no win situation. So if I have any bone to pick there with Jim Chaney, it's that we've got to stop being predictable as predictable on first and second down. That's my that's my only bone to pick there with him is that we've got to stop being as predictable on first and second down. We've gotten away with it for the most part all year because we've been able to just kind of run the ball at will on teams, but that didn't happen Saturday. When that doesn't happen. You got to open the playbook on earlier downs. That's my only contention. And one thing I want to talk about too is, you know, we, we had done better at the beginning of the season changing personnel, but then the fact is we go right back to it. Um, you know, we come out of the second half one, running the jet sweep with Nicole, and who do we have in as wide receivers? People like Trey Blunt, and, um, I think it's maybe Stanley or someone. Yep. People that they those know are blocking wide receivers. Yeah, that those are. I, I every time those guys come when Blunt and Stanley come in the game, I turn to my wife and say we're running the football. Because that's all they're in there to do is to block. And if I know that, you bet your dollar, your bottom dollar, that everyone on Auburn's defensive coaching staff knows exactly what we're going to be doing too. And everyone on their defense. You, they know it. They know it. And it's it, and I, to me, it's somewhat like it's arrogant, right, to a degree. Like we just think we're going to be able to out-physical you. And even if you know what we're going to do, you're just, we're just airy enough to say we're just gonna we're gonna beat you anyway. We're gonna run the ball down your throat anyway. And, and I guess we've been doing that all year, right? Everybody knew what we were gonna do, and we did it anyway. And that's big boy football. But we just went up against a very physical front seven that we couldn't out physical, that we couldn't out muscle, and we we stuck with that arrogant attitude far too long. Still just trying to pound and pound and pound and pound, and it was getting nowhere until it was too late, and we're down by three scores, and then we gotta throw almost every down. And then they got the pass rusher to destroy us, and it was it was a lost cause from that point on. I mean, I I, I, I think Jim Cheney deserves some blame in this just as much as Fromm and everyone else making mistakes. I don't think I don't think he called his best game. I really don't. I I, I see what you're saying. Like, what do you do when you no, can't I, run the do football? I think he called his best game. No, I don't. But at the same time, to sit there and put all the blame on him 100 percent. No, is a, no. A joke. And that's the thing. I mean, I'm not going to put all the blame on him. No, and that's the thing. I mean, and that, that goes into the long, you know, the lines of you know when they people were trying to say it wasn't Fromm's fault that it was all on Cheney. That's not the case. It really, like you said, was a group. It was a failure. team failure. Everyone shares blame. Fromm, Cheney, 
Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb, offensive line, Kirby Smart, defense, Reggie Carr, whoever it is, all those guys out there. DeAndre Walker, Davin Bellamy. We're gonna talk about our edge, our edge players right now. He was terrible. Yeah, we'll get into that. All those guys, everyone. This was a total team failure. No one is absolved from what we saw Saturday. And we've got to get back to the drawing board here. So I just mentioned, because uh, I know you and I were texting, we were talking about this during the game. Uh, let's talk about those edge rushers, or the, the edge players there. Lorenzo Carter, Davin Bellamy. What did you see out of those guys? Lorenzo didn't play great, but the one I saw 100% just failure, failure after failure was definitely Davin Bellamy. Yeah. Lorenzo wasn't Lorenzo wasn't great, but he wasn't as bad as, as Davin was. And this is I mean, Lorenzo was also always in the backfield almost every play on passing situations, getting after the ball. It was uh, Davin was struggling almost in every aspect of the game. Couldn't get any pressure, nothing. My wife looked up at one point and, and asked me, is he even trying? It really didn't even look like he was. I mean, there were times where the run, the, his job is to set the edge, keep contained, and, the, and Johnson was running right by him. He didn't even reach out. Did not even reach out. Yeah, like the one where he got juked out, he just stopped in his tracks. Oh, oh, keep going. and I mean, make him just stop. Just something. He, just something. He pulled, that, he pulled the move where you just stop in motion, all your momentum's gone, and you're flat-footed. Hey, I just I, – I don't know what was going on with him, man. Look, this is something I – I, I voiced a concern about this against Florida, right? How they were able to gash us against the run. And everybody, everyone wanted to kind of gloss over the fact that Florida was running the ball on us almost at will because we beat the holy hell out of them, right? No one wanted to pay attention to it. But that team ran, if you take out the sack yardage numbers, they ran for over 200 yards on us. And a lot of those came when they busted them outside because we lost contain. We did not set the edge properly. And I pointed that and I said, that concerns me when we play a better football team. Florida is not good. And we play a better football team and we do that same kind of stuff, we're going to get beat. And you better believe that's exactly what happened. We do the same old crap where we're, we're not playing with the proper leverage on the outside. We're not playing discipline out there. We're chasing down the backside or we're chasing down running backs on the backside. And then we're getting hit around with jet sweeps, with, with, uh, with zone reads, the quarterback pulling the ball. It just cannot happen. Or when you're getting sucked in, because Carryon Johnson is a very patient back. We get sucked in. He sees that. He has a little jump step to the outside. Boom, he's off the races. And that happened time and time and time again. And, yes, I think Bellamy was definitely the, the primary culprit there. But it happened to Lorenzo a couple times. happened to DeAndre Walker a couple times. happened to a couple of our DBs, Aaron Davis in particular, who were supposed to be the contained players in certain situations, and they lost contain. Just that, and that's something that cannot happen, guys. It's not that difficult, all right? You have a job to do play disciplined football, play with the proper leverage, things that we've been doing almost every week for the vast majority of the time this year, really outside of that Florida game. But we just, for whatever reason, man, like it just everything fell apart. It just, we just, again, uncharacteristic things that we just, that we know better than. Like this team doesn't do those kind of things, at least not consistently, but they did it all. They did it all in one game, and it was this colossal. Epic fail of a game, man. Just, whew, I don't know. I don't know. And one thing I want to point out is like, like I, I, when we went down, like when, was it nine? When it was nine seven, right? I think it'd been like twenty one quarters since we had since we had been playing without the lead. It was since the fourth quarter at, at Notre Dame. I think my master was like twenty one quarters or something like that. And I was curious to see how we would respond. And we did. We responded okay. Uh, we I think it was twenty nine quarters. Was it twenty nine quarters? Yeah, some, it was something Seven crazy. Games times four. Times four, so the second game, and this was our tenth game. So we had what seven games in between? Yeah, twenty nine quarters. You're right, twenty nine quarters. There you go. See, you texted me twenty nine. So I, te- I texted you. I te- okay, I texted you twenty nine quarters. I just forgot what I texted you. It's all good. But it's been a while, man. And I was curious, like, okay, how are we going to respond to this? And I guess we got our answer. But the thing is, what I'm trying to point out here is. Since the Notre Dame game, we've been really good front runners. We've gotten out to big leads early. I mean, look look at the Florida game, right? We had we scored three touchdowns in seven minutes. Was that something like that? Eight minutes. Uh, we get out to an early, against Mississippi State. Everyone thought you know coming to that game, with Georgia. Oh man, Mississippi State's an upset Georgia. They're going to upset Georgia on the road after what they did at LSU. We come out with a flea flicker, boom, touchdown. Got to an early lead, all the momentum. We've done that game in game out Tennessee. First, first play of the game, interception. We're able to score a touchdown on that drive. Vanderbilt, same thing. We scored a touchdown on the first drive. All these games, we're getting out to big leads. And and then we've been able to get assaulted away by running the football, killing the clock, taking away possessions. We get, and that didn't happen on Saturday. And I think that's another factor that I haven't heard, really heard mentioned all that much over the, over the past day since this game. But I think by virtue of the fact that we weren't able to get out early, it somewhat took us away from our game plan, especially once we got down and that lead for Auburn kept building and building. And we just completely got taken out of what we wanted to do. And it was was just a different story for us, a different type of game. And we just did not answer the bell when we had to. 
don't know. So if you're Kirby, man, how do you – what do you say to the team? What do you say to the team tomorrow when they come in to the facility for practice? How do you address this? Um, I think you I think you push people down the depth chart. Do you really? I mean, people like Bellamy and stuff. What, I mean, what else can you do? I mean, there's no excuse. There's he's a fifth year senior. Yeah, and that's the thing. I know he is a fifth. He is for me. I mean, most of them came back. Especially a lot of these seniors came back because they're they didn't get the draft grade they thought they were going to get. I know, I know. <laughs> And and like I don't want to kill all these guys. Like Bellamy and Lorenzo, they've been they've been much they've been very good this year for the vast majority of the time. But there's just been moments, and we've gotten away with it at times. And then it just it just when you play a really good team like Auburn, and Auburn is a really good team, guys. I really think they're going to be. I think they're going to beat Alabama. I really do. Uh, they're a really good team, and when you play like that against a really good team, and you get down, and then it kind of just snowballs on you. It's it is what it is, and it's, it's exactly what we saw. Exactly. So if I'm Kirby, I, I flat out I address the team by saying, "Look, guys, you, you aren't who you thought you were. Right? You aren't who you thought you were. It's time to get back to work, keep chopping wood, and let's get better." And and I think we have enough leaders on this team to respond. Do you think this team's going to respond the right way? Come out yeah, Saturday. I, think they are, but I also think people like Yonder Walker should not be on special teams if you're going to do situations like that that cost your team points. Yeah, and that's a conundrum because DeAndre Walker is really one of our better coverage players, but you can't do well, stupid I mean, things not, like that. But not when it comes to punt. What does he do in punt? Not much. That's yeah. my thing, especially in punt. Yeah. Take I guess tackling, but yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, you can you just if you do stupid like those are things that you can, those are things that are entirely within your control. Like you you can control that. Yeah, see, and that's the thing. I mean, like you know, especially Coach Smart. Like you, you can try to blame him for a lot of these things, but like we said earlier, when these are mistakes that these kids haven't made all season, especially ones that you you have control to say that you know sometimes things like you said are out of your control if mistakes happen. That wasn't. Yeah. That no, that was that was. There was no excuse for that. There are things that are. I mean, I don't make excuses for anybody, but there are some things that are more excusable than others. But like sometimes, if you get physically dominated, it, it, if our team gets physically dominated, it sucks, and I, I hate it. But it's like okay, if you're out there trying your best and the dude is just physically better than you, okay, whatever, I guess. But when you do stupid things like that that don't have to be done, that there's no excuse for. I just I, I got nothing, man. I I can't I can't excuse it at all. I can't at all. All right, we were talking about this a little bit before the show, Kurt. I'm going to say this. I want you to react to me. And I know people out there are going to be uh, probably thinking I'm insane saying this, considering that we just got beat by 23 points. And it probably wasn't even that close. But I'm going to say it anyway. I desperately want Auburn to beat Alabama that final weekend, on rivalry weekend. And I desperately want another shot at them in Atlanta in the SEC title game. I do not think that this Auburn team is truly 23 or 30 points better than us. They might be better than us, okay? Because they dominate us on the front seven. But I think that we, I absolutely think that we could beat this team if we get them in a neutral site and we stop with some of those stupid self-inflicted penalties, those mistakes, missing opportunities, missing field goals, missing wide-open touchdowns. If we play them again, I don't think we make all those mistakes that we did. It will not be another perfect storm situation. They might still beat us. Maybe they would. Because right, mean, let's be honest, Auburn played the best game they played all season. They, I, I absolutely hundred percent agree. They, they brought their A game. We brought our C game or D game. Probably a D game, right? Would you? Is that fair to say something like that? Yeah, it's probably a D. D or F, probably. And and when we bring a D or F game, we're not, we're still not quite Alabama, right? We can't bring our C game, our D game, and, still, and somehow come out with a victory. We can't do that yet. When Auburn plays as well as they did, and I agree with you, probably the best game they played all season. We played by far our worst game this season. Yes, yeah, that's the recipe for a 23-point loss, right? And it, like I said, probably wasn't even that close. I'm not going to try to make excuses for it. It wasn't even really that close. But if we play them in a neutral site, we eliminate some of those stupid self-inflicted mistakes, hit opportunities when they present themselves, I firmly believe that we have a very good shot to beat that football team. And it's not saying I'm scared of Bama. It's not that. I just want Auburn. I won't get this taste out of my mouth. I don't want to wait another year to have to play them again. I want them in Atlanta. I know a lot of you probably saying I'm crazy after what we just saw transpire on Saturday. But if there is a God, they will Auburn will beat Alabama on rivalry weekend, and we will get another shot in Atlanta. I want it. Am I crazy? No. I want it, man. I, I really I – mean, I, I do. And – 
do you think that's a positive? Do you think Auburn's gonna beat Alabama? I mean, I know it's a couple weeks out. I think you, they have a great chance, especially with Alabama without the two inside linebackers and the style yeah. of a physical, uh, physical run uh, run at you offense. They do, yeah. I mean, yeah. Mississippi State was running the ball not at will. Mississippi State ran the ball very well in Alabama last week or on Saturday. Uh, and that Holcomb guy that's filling in for Shondion Hamilton, mm, that is a major. We talked about there being a drop off when Reggie Carter's coming for us with Holcomb. That is a major drop off for them. He is not even close to what they're used to at that inside linebacker position. I, and it's at Auburn. I, Auburn, what does Auburn do well? I mean, they're they're pretty balanced. They can be a very balanced football team. And that was one of the things that killed us yesterday. They were so much more balanced than us. They were able because well, they were able to run the football, and we weren't. We wanted to be balanced, but we just simply couldn't do it because they controlled the line of scrimmage. But Auburn wants to run the football. We've talked about this in the preview show. They are a power running team, and they're going to run right at Alabama. And I, I think it's, it'll probably be a heck of a game. I think Auburn has a very good shot to win that game. Like I said, if there is a Jesus Christ Almighty Heavenly Father above out there, then they will win because I want them. I need us to play them again in well, a couple of weeks here. I can't wait another year. I just can't. I can't. Can't deal with it. All right, Kerr. I guess uh, we always do our shout-outs and shots fired, man. Uh, let's do sh- – we've been firing shots all day. We pretty much covered that, right? Yeah, I got a couple more. You got a couple more? All right, well, let's, let's go ahead and empty that tank then, man. Fire some shots. Fire away, dude. I got to go Malcolm Parrish. I mean, since he's come back, he has, I mean, the guy, the kid has struggled. I mean, there's no um, reason that Darius Slayton touchdown should have happened. It should never have happened, man. He didn't even turn around. He lost the ball. He didn't know. He, I don't know. I don't think he knew what was going on. That's, I mean, that's the thing. If you look at the replay, he he, he looks like a deer in the headlights on his face. And that, that, he's a senior. I hate it, man, because Malcolm is a, he's a really good dude, and I hate it, but. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm not yeah. trying to hate on him because I just like the kid. No, he is just if you're basing on play, you're right. Struggled. If you're basing I mean, on play, you're right. I mean, just like the right. hit out of bounds. You're a senior. Can't you do it. do that. Can't do it. Can't do it. I I, I don't understand he why Tyreek McGee is not playing Play more. after play after play since he's come back. I, th- I think Tyreek McGee needs to be playing. I've been saying We've been saying that all year. Um I mean, McGee has played better when he was playing. I don't know what what has happened. Exactly, and maybe it's a practice thing. I mean, I know Kirby wants to make practice count. He's very big on practice, attacking each and every day. And I get, and I love that. The competition is every single day. I get that. So maybe the, the, he's seeing something in practice that we're not seeing. I always like to defer to the coaches there. But when I what I get to see are the games. And when I've seen both those guys in games, Tyreek McGee has performed at a higher level at that position than Malcolm Parrish has. Fair. Not even close. I mean, yeah. Like Harrison struggled game after yeah. game. And I take – no, yeah. are picking on him. I take no pleasure in saying that, man. Like, I, I hope everyone understands that. I take no pleasure in, in calling out any of our guys and criticizing any of them. I don't. I just – if we have this podcast, I'm trying to be as objective as possible in, in pointing out what we see in terms of their play on the field. And Malcolm just – I don't think he's measured up to what McGee's put on the field this year in terms of the production actually in games on the field. McGee hasn't been perfect – but I think he's far and away been better than what Parrish has been. I, so I, I, I don't have an answer there. So I, I win, I'm with you. I'm with you, man. All right, keep firing. Keep firing those shots. I, mean, I think you got to fire the whole offensive line. It was an absolute joke. I mean, is that – yes, I, I do think that the Auburn front seven is really, really good. But are They're they good, that good? Not, not, not as, as great as we made. Yeah, them. are they that good? No. I mean, their backups are pushing our guys on – I mean, our guys are on roller skates. I mean, like I said, they were the they were the fourth ranked I mean, S and P rushing defense. Like Thomas to struggle, but Kenley was getting pushed back. And he's we haven't seen that all year either. Yeah, he's our best interior lineman in terms of getting movement. He's the biggest dude. I, but here's the thing: I'm like, okay, yeah, they're they they've been really good against the run this year. Number four, like I said earlier, in the S and P rushing defense. But they're only 65th nationally in havoc rate, which measures sacks, tackles for loss, all those kind of things. Basically, how disruptive is your defensive line? So they haven't been a particularly disruptive defensive line throughout the course of the season. But they sure as heck looked that way on Saturday, man. So I'm with you. I think I think the offensive line they they got they got manhandled. That's what we saw. That was the, again the flashbacks from last year. That's what we saw all last year. And this and I don't want to kill the line because they for the, all year long they've been. They've been very good, okay, much better than what we saw last year. I think beyond most people's wildest imaginations of what we thought this line would be coming this season. I know beyond mine, I had some serious concerns about this group, but there was definitely some reversion back to what we saw last year on Saturday, no doubt, no doubt. All right, got anything else, man, the shots fired? Uh, Keep it going. Empty it out, man, if you got it. Let's hear it. I mean, we, we've taken enough shots. I think those people just haven't been yeah. pointed out enough. All right. Uh, well, actually, I probably got to go with Julian. 
What do you the see? offsides right in your face, and then yeah. the missed tackles. I mean, he had he had that last week in South Carolina too. The one the end of the game when it really didn't matter what bit he he had Bentley. I mean, he's 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 letting go. He's missing these just arm tackles. He's getting back there, man. Right, he's getting back there. But dude, finish, finish the play. I'm with you. And in the when you're head up over the center and you jump off sides, going back to like when I was in little league, man, I've never understood how somebody can do that. I've never understood how you can be head up over the center. Right in front of the football and jump off sides. I don't. I, I know this. You got the cadence and they're barking out signals and whatnot. But dude, you're sitting there looking at the football. At least you should be. And you still jump off sides. I know. I know. All right. Let's. I mean, was there a bright side in this game? I don't think there was. But let's try to look at. We had the, the muff. Yeah. 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 Let's look at. Uh, yeah, Miko. Yeah, the muff man. Miko did some good things though. I mean, yeah, he. Uh, the punt return right before the half was huge. He had a couple – I mean, one of those kick returns, he was just a, a one tackle away, like getting a, a, a hand, getting tripped up away from breaking one of them. So we saw some flashes of what he can do at that position. I mean, he really, he's a really explosive player, and I'm really excited for what he's going to be able to do for this team and this program for the next couple of years. Um, but like, is there anything else you want to like you want to shout out to? I mean, what else did you see that was remotely positive in this game? You know, I wish I could say that they kept trying, but, I mean, they just had a defeated look on their face. The team? Yeah. Well, I think at one point, like, when well, when you're getting manhandled, like, when you're getting dominated well, yeah, both lines of scrimmage. I mean, I mean, even in the third quarter, I mean, we're down 20 points. I mean, it's almost the fourth quarter, and we get, finally get a stop again, and then our offense does nothing. I mean, we needed points. I mean, if you could go into the fourth quarter or a 13-point game, yeah, I mean, it's more likely we'll lose, but... Like we said, when it when it comes to you know, especially the playoffs or big you know rankings, that that's the difference. Yeah, and we had a couple opportunities, especially in the first half. I mean, we obviously had the right before half. We've gone over that a couple of times, but we we had that play where Javon Williams goes up, and makes a great grab, just attacks the ball in the air, puts us within scoring distance there, and then we come right back. And what happens? Oh, we get a sack right in the next play, and it just pushes pushes us back even further. And it's like anytime something happened positive for us offensively in the first half, outside of that first drive. It was almost immediately followed up with something negative, and it just kind of took our took any kind of potential momentum we were trying to build, just took it away, just took it away. Or whether it was a penalty after a stop, you know, like we talked about, just man, it's bad. I, I want to give a shout out to Javon Wins, right? I really do. Oh gosh, I mean, he, I mean, especially other than that, I mean, other Played than well. that first pass by Fromm, the rest he was just it was on him, just taking it away from people. If, yeah, I mean that that one I was just mentioned there that we hit that big play, he went up and just took the ball out of the air. I love the way this guy goes up and attacks the football at the top of the route. He just jumps up and he attacks it, man. Strong hands, physical, fights for the top of the route. I love it. And that one where uh, he, I don't, know if, I don't know how it showed up on TV, but in the stands, where Frank kind of just threw the ball up to him and he was twist. He was basically facing the other direction. He had to twist and oh, turn and find the ball. Three other guys around. Him. Right, right. He had to twist and turn and find the ball in the air, and then went up and got the ball. I mean, Wims is Wims is a he's a dude, man. And I, I wish that we would. We throw the ball up to him more than we do. I mean, I, we take some shots to him from time to time, but if you put the ball anywhere near him, he will go up and attack that football and bring it down more often than not. And that's one of those things, that, going back to the play calling, I wish we would take more shots on early downs with him uh, because I think he's a guy, on early downs, with how teams attack us defensively, trying to stack the box against us, he will have one-on-one coverage almost every single first and second down opportunity. If we throw the ball up to him and just let him go, go get it, he will reward us more often than not. And that's, again, going back, it's one issue I have is that's just not giving more opportunities to our receivers in the passing game on first and second down to kind of just keep the defense off balance somewhat. But he played really well. I mean, it was, there was, wasn't many bright, were not many bright spots in this game, but I thought Javon Wims was certainly one of the yeah, few there. Right. Yeah, you're right 100%. He's the, pretty much the lone bright spot, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, was there anything else? I mean, I, I, Reds, okay, in the, I guess the first quarter, when they were moving the football, but we hold them. You know, on those yeah, three, I mean, three, the three field goals. First, first, you know, like you said, the first half, the red zone defense was good, but especially towards later in the game, as our offense could sustain drives, our defense was just—they were dead. And here's the thing: like, despite all all the mistakes we made, and as poorly as we played, especially offensively and on special teams, we still were very much in that game in the first half. Very much, especially if you kick, if we make that field goal, which is a very makeable field goal. I'm not, I'm not going to kill Rodrigo. Because Rodrigo has been very good this year. He missed a field goal. Kickers miss field goals, right? I mean, it happens. I don't want to kill the guy. It was a, it was a very makeable field goal, and I'm not trying to make an excuse for him. First half when their guy made three. He's well, Daniel Carlson is one of the best kickers in SEC history. That dude's not going to miss. He's automatic. 
Rodrigo's not as good as him. It's simple as that. He's just not. I mean, Derek Carson is well, According to incredible. your daddy, is this? Well, his dad's also delusional. I mean, Rodrigo, I'm not making an excuse for him. He missed the field goal. you got to make it. I'm, and trust me, I was as pissed as anybody in those stands. Actually, I wasn't watching the play because I, I had to turn around and I couldn't watch it. And I just, I just judged by reactions of what was going around me. I just was at that point. But, uh, I mean, but for the most part, Rodrigo's been very good for us this year. He just he missed it when we needed that one there. But uh, it just, I don't know, man. It, it, was there anything else? Pot, I mean, outside of us being in the game for most of the first half despite playing poorly, was there anything else to take away? Any silver linings here? I'm not seeing them. No. I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm trying to rack my brain here to pick out one. I, I want to talk about some positive things. Is there anybody else? That, I mean, Roquan played really well for the most part. But Roquan plays well all the time. Probably wasn't yeah. his best game. But, he, I mean, he was he was doing what he could. I mean, he was one of the guys that broke up a pass in the end zone. I think it was a third down. Broke up um, a pass in the end zone to hold a field goal. I and mean, he's back there in the corner of the end zone. It's like Roquan Smith. Just He's everywhere, man. Uh, man. I'm at a loss, man. I can't think of anything else. I really can't. I can't. I'm, I'm, I guess we're done, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. Is this cathartic for you, talking this through? I mean, I'll like to put my spin on it after I've heard everyone else's opinion. I don't know, man. This, is, this week's going to suck. I just I haven't had I – we got used to this I last just, year. What I have to say is I'm looking forward to is just I want to see how this team – like Kirby said, I want to see how this team responds. I'm very anxious to see that as well. Uh, I need a win to get this taste in my mouth. I don't know if a win over Kentucky is going to get the taste in my mouth. We need to beat Tech. That that might help me a little bit here. Well, it'll help with the fact that it will be senior night and um, the last home game of the season. But... Yeah. I don't think I'm going to get this taste in my mouth until we beat Tech and hope to God get a chance at Auburn again. I mean, it'll be nice to, to see Sony and Nick off. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give those guys a huge ovation. And just scream my lungs out for them. They deserve it. But beating Kentucky, that'd be great. We need to do it. But that's not gonna get this nasty taste out of my mouth. I need a little bit more than that. Uh, it's just gonna it's gonna be a tough week, man. It's gonna be a tough week. But I guess we got used to it last year. I guess this is the byproduct of winning. Like when you when you're having a great season, I guess it hurts a little bit more when, I, I mean, when the stakes are so lost, high. I think it was the best thing because this team. I don't think it's the best thing, but I don't think it's the worst thing because this team. As as much as people as good as they thought we were, we were not number one team. We still, we you know, we were ahead of schedule of where Kirby wanted us to be. But I think that, like Kirby has been preaching the last month or so, of humility is a week away. And for a lot of these young guys, that you know, well, that week they, was this week. Yeah, they. I mean, especially people like a freshman stuff. You know, that had you know just been riding the high. Um, to be a great team, you've got to be taught humility, and you know also to show what ha- that just because you're the best, the, you know the higher ranked team and things like that, that you can't just play a bad game. I think, especially for a lot of these young guys, it was a real teachable moment. Yeah, it was. I just it just sucks that we have to go through. It this. sucks. It's a terrible feeling, but I think it's also something that these young kids got to see is how bad it feels in your stomach and how you don't want that. Yeah, I just forgot it hurt like this. I forgot it hurt this bad. It's been a while, but. Uh... It's a, it's a feeling that I got definitely got used to last year. I just hope we don't have to get used to it ever again. I hope it's I hope it's one of those things that moving forward here the next decade plus that it's a rarity. So when we do lose, it I guess it will hurt more because there's so much at stake for us. We don't lose very often, but uh, right now it hurts, man. It hurts. But should I keep moving forward? Got to see how this team responds. Uh, I, I like we said earlier in the show. I have full faith this team will respond the right way. We have great leadership. I have faith in our coaching staff. I know it was the coaching staff didn't have this team quite ready yesterday. But I still have a lot of faith in, in this staff, a lot of faith in this team, and the leaders we have on this team. So I fully expect them to come back and respond the right way. We just got to gotta get back on track and, and keep this thing going, man, because the season is not done. It's not done. They feel that way right now. And maybe, it, maybe maybe we won't be back in the playoff picture. I don't know. But there's a lot of football left to play out. There's a lot of things could happen down the stretch, and we got to do our part to keep winning and keep ourselves in the fight. Just keep ourselves in the fight. Put ourselves in position to see if, if things go down and chaos hits that we're that we're there so i guess we shall see i guess we shall see all right well for curtis i'm tyler thanks for listening guys really do appreciate it i know it's a, a tough one to get through um but uh check back with us later this week we'll have more content for you guys we're looking forward to the kentucky games and as always despite the loss doesn't matter go dogs